Hello friends, welcome to Morgan's room. It is, um, uh, let's see, around 4pm on March 17th. It is a Wednesday and today I'm gonna be talking about, um, uh, life on a ship. So this is, um, I'm gonna call this, uh, thoughts from the sea, even though I'm not from, I'm not really in the sea right now, but, um, I will be soon. So these are just a couple of stories of things that happened to me while <laughs> I was on deployment. Um, and they are very bizarre things. So I'm going to be using a lot of acronyms and stuff like that in this um, episode. And I will explain the acronym before I continue. So just bear with me if I, uh, you know, pause a lot to explain these things. But um, it's just to help you understand a little bit better because not uh, regular people do not use these terms and stuff. It is purely a Navy thing. So, um, or military thing. So uh, I don't expect uh, people to actually know what they mean. So I will be pausing for those things. Um, but let us get started. So, um, basically I live on a ship in Japan and I am in the Navy, obviously. Um, I work as a medical provider and, um, it is very, very hard. <laughs> uh, it's very different from being in the States and being in a hospital or a clinic because in those places there is always someone to, like, take your trash out and clean your office and clean like the spaces um do fix the lights fix the, fix the sinks everything like that like you if your copier breaks there's always someone you can call and they will come and fix it like on shore duty like there's and in the hospital like there's nothing that you kind of can't do it's very um you know if you need some type of supply or some type of order you order it and then you get it like two days later um in the ship that is not how things go not even a little bit um so because we are um fdnf which is a ford uh deployed um ford naval forces deployed um which means that we basically are the uh my ship in a couple other ships are the front lines for my fleet which is seventh fleet which covers the area of responsibility of um uh the indio-pacom type of region so japan and um guam things like that we cover that so um uh yeah we are out here and it is very hard to get supplies so we will order something and not get it until like three or four months later or something else super ridiculous. So we do a lot of uh, tactically acquiring, acquiring items um, and borrowing and bartering and things like that. So it's not something that you do n normally. Um, and uh, it gets very, very frustrating and it's very hard to keep um, our stockage levels because of the fact that we are so far away and it is very hard to get these things. Um, Anyway, yes, so we don't have to, you know, on shore in the hospitals, you don't have to worry about all that extra stuff. You can just call somebody and it'll, you know, get fixed. But on the ship, 
Uh, it's quite the opposite. So if there is a light that goes out or if the sink is leaking or something like that, like you have to fix that stuff. Like you can't just call the company and have them come fix it or like anything like that. Like there are specific jobs that handle things like that. Yes, but you are ultimately responsible for getting those things fixed. So um, it makes it just redefines responsibility to like the highest level. And, um, uh, it's so hard to, (laughs) it's so hard to kind of like do so many things because you have to do so, it's a lot of things. Like you do the maintenance for your department, for your ship. So you have to, you know, make sure things, make sure things still work properly, machinery, um, equipment, like everything is all of your responsibility. Um, like there's no one that does it for you. So it's very, um, it's very much self-sufficiency, which is kind of, I mean, you have to have it if you're floating in the ocean for months at a time. Um, so we're very good at it. We are very practiced at it. Um, I have gotten used to it now. So I've been on the ship for a year and some change and I have a year and a half left. So, um, I'm no stranger to it. I'm very used to it. And, um, honestly now it's, now I'm so used to it that it doesn't really bother me at all. It's just annoying and tedious and things like that. Um, what I love though is watching new people like come on board and like new people that check in and they don't know what it's like and like they don't expect to work as hard as you have to sometimes and honestly I went through the same thing like I didn't think that I was going to be working I knew I was going to be working hard but I didn't think I was going to be working that hard and it's honestly a very big shocker um it is a big reality like slap in the face and um it's very uh unusual (laughs) a lot of unusual things happen here (laughs) so um some of these stories are with marines the marines that embark onto our ship when we go on deployment um our ship basically carries marines around to different places so that they can do operations and things like that um so we are basically a hotel for them which is really annoying but anyway um so the <laughs> the thing about the Marines is that they are very dirty and they do don't really like to listen and they are not the sharpest tools in the shed for most of them. And um, we have a lot of issues with them when it comes to cleanliness, especially in our birthings, like our, our living spaces. So in the birthing, there are a specific set of rules, whereas you cannot like eat in the birthing, you can't cut hair in the birthing, you can't... Um, uh, do jail tattoos, things like that. Um, and, uh, the one big thing is the eating part. So if you eat in the birthing, it like allows cockroaches, rats, things that just pests that you do not want in your birthing because you sleep there, you know, like it's gross. And, um, so there is all these racks and they are stacked up like four on top of each other and very very big spaces but um there's also a kind of like lounge area in almost every birthing with like some tables and chairs and um you aren't supposed to lounge in them which is stupid but um you're not supposed to like hang out in there like it's not like a hangout spot so 
Um, of course, when the Marines are on board, 90% of them don't really have jobs unless, you know, they're working in the galley or, or something like that, but like, or on the flight deck, but most of them don't have jobs. So they are very, very bored. Um, and when men are bored, they do really dumb things. So, um, one time my friend, he lived in the birthing with them. So we get a, a compliment that gets embarked onto our ship when we go underway, um, and on deployment, uh, called FST and FST means a uh, fleet surgical team. So they are a surgical team that is, um, detached from Okinawa Hospital and they come onto my ship and other ships to do um, surgery stuff. So they come with us um, almost all the time and um, the one uh, first class uh, HM1 he is like our ranking is like one two three three being the lowest and then HM is my my job my rate which is hospital corpsman. So my HM1 from FST came out of the birthing and he was like the the marines have four giant trash cans full of lobster tail shells and (laughs) i was just just floored i could not believe it like i could believe it but i couldn't believe it and um he was like yeah they have like just buckets and buckets of these shells like they're just sitting there eating them with their fucking hands in the middle of the birthing it's disgusting and it was really really gross and so I didn't really believe them so the next day um I went in there and I was like you have to show me like you got I need to see what this is and so uh we ended up going on there um going in there and I uh (laughs) I went in there and yeah there was giant giant just bags of of lobster tail shells it was so disgusting um so they got in a lot of trouble for that and they had to get in like a inspection a health and comfort inspection which basically means someone goes in there and literally rips up every surface of the birthing opens every single drawer looks through you know every crevice and crook in the racks and definitely find some disgusting things, but, um, has to be done. So that is one terrible, um, occurrence. And the other one is the, um, prev med team, the uh, preventive medicine team on my ship. Uh, we had one of them was my, one of them was my good friend and he had a, we got a big shipment of condoms because that's part of our program. So, um, like, sex education and, like, uh, sex, sexual health and stuff. So, we got bu- bunches of condoms. And when we went to Thailand, we were giving them out like candy. And we happened to get these condoms that, like, the lifestyle condoms. And they have, like, banana flavored, strawberry flavor, vanilla flavored, whatever. And um, one night, one of my friends came out of the birthing and was like, guys, last night the marines were taste testing the condoms <laughs> which is the the stupidest thing but it's so fucking funny that like i like that one just makes me laugh like i think about it right now and i just crack up thinking about it because you have like 10 or so grown ass men taste testing condoms and then just spitting them into the trash can like their gum or something um so that one really really killed me and then Along the same lines of condoms, there was a girl, 
a guy that came in with a complaint of like an STD like complaint. And then there was a girl that came in like a couple days after him. And so we got the stories from both of them. And the guy told us a different story. So the guy told us that he and his buddy like fucked the same girl, but they only had one condom. So they shared the condom. (laughs) So they literally like like shared the condom like exactly how you think that they shared it and um all three of them got um i think they got the clap from it so that was great um that's one of my favorite stories it's really (laughs) it's really so funny um so our our marines come with their own um hms their own corpsmen and which are their medics and um which is what i am and they come with their own. So there's like a set of like 20, 30 new HMs that come onto the ship. And they belong to like each unit of Marines. And so this one, um, we call them Greenside because of the Marines. So green, whatever. So we call them Greenside Corman. I just say like Greenside guys. And um, one of them came up to me and was like, hey, is there another birthing we can like use because the head, which is the bathroom, is um broken in ours and like i had no idea it's like a male birthing thing so like i referred them to one of the guys um and then later that day (laughs) they i like talked to the same guy and i was like hey did you get your problem fixed like is everything all right he was like yeah we just have to um our shower still works so we figured out a solution and i was like I'm afraid to ask what the solution was. So he told me anyway. He was like, yeah, we, um, the toilets are broken, but the sh- the showers and the sinks still work. So we picked one shower to use as the communal pee shower. <laughs> and then everything else, you know, we, we use it just as normal. And I, and we were literally standing in line for chow to eat for like lunch. And we were standing in line for that. And he told me that right before I was about to eat lunch. And I was so disgusted that I got out of line and left. <laughs> I was like, this is the nastiest thing. Like, that's so disgusting. Like, like 60, like 80 or 90, like, Marines peeing in the same shower. Disgusting. <laughs> but, um, God, yeah, that one is really gross. Just, like, so disgusting. Um, on the lines, along the lines of peeing, which is, you know, not very appealing, but um, there was a time where we do these physicals and things for, like, special jobs and stuff. Um, and for a few of the physicals, you have to provide a urine sample to do a urinalysis um, for it. And so I had this male patient, and I had the, the, the specimen cup for him. And I went into the BDS, which is the um, battle dressing station, which is basically just a just a room, a treatment room. And um, I went in there and he was in there. And so I had him on like one of the beds and I was explaining everything to him. And then in the room, like right next to us, my one of my coworkers was doing like an eye exam, like a vision exam on someone. Um, so they were doing that. And then I'm explaining to this guy. I, like, gave him the cup, and I was like, okay, you know, just go to the bathroom whenever you're ready, um, and, uh, we'll run your urinalysis, and, like, I'll be back in a second. So, I give him this cup, and then I go into the lab to give them, like, the paperwork for it, 
and then I circle back around and enter the room again. And when I walk in the room, the guy has the cup and it's totally full. And he was like, hey, where do you want me to put this? And I was very, very confused because we have a special bathroom with a compartment in it where when you provide your sample, you put your sample in the compartment and it connects to the lab. So in the lab, we open the little compartment door and their sample is there. So almost like everybody knows this. Everyone knows that there's this magical bathroom that has this portal. And um, uh, <laughs> I, I like looked at the kid and I was like... I was like, I didn't even see you go to the bathroom. I was like, did you see the little, uh, the little, like, compartment door in there? Like, the little silver door, that's where you put your sample. He was like, what bathroom? And I paused, and I was like, I'm sorry, what do you mean, what bathroom? I was like, where did you go? And he was like, oh, I I just peed right here. (laughs) And I went, man, I was so, so 100%, like, just out of this world i started laughing i'm like are you fucking kidding me like are you serious you peed right here in my bds you peed and um he was like laughing it off he's like yeah i mean i thought that that's what you meant and i'm like what part of go to the bathroom when you're ready means pee literally right here take out your dick and pee in a cup right here in front of two other people like what part of that meant that and (laughs) i was so I was so confused. I was just so like out of like I could not believe that this is what this did dude did. So I was like, you have to be joking, right? Like like you're lying, like you're playing a prank on me, like you're you're kidding, right? And he's just laughing it up. He's like, no, no, like I just peed right here. Like I didn't I didn't know where the bathroom was, and <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. And this is a guy that has been in medical before, so like he knows that there's a bathroom there. And so um. I told him, I was like, okay, go into the, go into the bathroom. I like walked him to the bathroom and I was like, go in there, put your sample in the little, the little door and then wash your damn hands and then come back. So, you know, he laughed it off, went in there, did what, did what I told him to do and came back. And I went to my coworker who was in the room doing an eye exam. I'm like, did you not hear this guy peeing right behind you? Like, did you not hear that at all? And he was like, no, man, I mean, I was trying to focus on doing this exam. Like, I didn't really hear anything. And I was like, what the fuck? And um, then I was, like, thinking about it. And I'm like, look, the the plan here was so not, exe- like, it was not executed properly. Because, like, the cup was, like, totally full. So I'm like, what was his escape plan if he, like, couldn't stop? Like, what was he going to do, pee on the floor? And then I was like... Yeah, he totally didn't wash his hands because he didn't even know where the sink was. So he was just chilling there with dirty ass hands. And I I just couldn't believe it. And um uh and then I was thinking about how how like I had explained it to him. I'm like, did I need to walk him over to the bathroom? Like, did I have to do that in order for him to understand that you are supposed to go to the bathroom to pee? And the other thing is the room that we're in in the BDS, there is about there's two very open entrances so they have windows in them like you can see perfectly clearly anyone can walk in and out of them at any moment in time and i'm like this dude really really peed in my bds and no one walked in on him and i just it just blows my mind to this day and this happened a couple months ago um but i still every time i see this dude i hate this guy like (laughs) 
<laughs> I hate him. I'm like, you never come here ever again. And um, uh, it was just so stupid because he was so like, <laughs> he was so just nonchalant about it. Like it was no big deal. And I'm like, I don't really care about you not like peeing in a bathroom, but I care about you peeing in the very public area where every other person in the ship could walk through at any time and you not washing your hands. I'm like, that's disgusting. And um, then I proceeded to tell about 50 other people in my department. Um, Very emphatically, I had to give the recount of events just like I just did. And um, everyone was cracking up and they thought it was the funniest thing ever. Um, I'm like, well, I'm happy that I can give all of you guys a laugh because these things, these weird things always happen to me. I always get the weird wacko patients that do dumb shit or stupid shit or just weird, weird shit. And, um, everyone was making fun of me, but it was kind of funny. So yeah, I hate that man whenever I see him. And he's not even like, he's barely like a teenager. He's like just turned 20. So I was like, why are you here? Get off my ship. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that that's a very not super exciting um, story. But they are, those are very, very small stories and very um, quick. And I do have a billion other ones. Um, so if you guys would like to hear those, please let me know. Um, for my What's On Your Mind segment today, I heard a quote from one of the officers that I work with. Um, he was, he is on the, uh, fleet surgical team and he said he was talking to us about re-enlisting and staying in the Navy and, um, like what the, what our paths, like what your path is, like people like leadership are obsessed with your future. They're obsessed with you for no, no good reason. None of their fucking business, but they're obsessed. So they want to know, oh, what's your plan? Like, are you going to stay in for 20? Are you going to get out? What are you going to do when you get out? Blah, 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 blah. And it's really none of their fucking business, but like, you kind of have to talk about it just because, you know, they're officers, whatever. Um, but, um, so, yeah, he was talking to us about like plans and stuff. And one of my friends, I was sitting next to him and one of my friends was like, oh, I'm just going to get out because like, you know, the Navy's not for me and I don't get paid enough and blah, 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 blah. And I work too hard, whatever. And, and he was like, it's just easier if I just get out and go to school. And I like, I understood this. Like I related to this pretty hard. So I was like, yeah, I got you, man. And so my lieutenant was like, he was like, you know what? Someone told me, he's like, never let um, convenience outweigh your conviction. And I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? That's actually really good advice. (laughs) Like most of the time people give really shitty advice when it comes to the future. And like almost no one's advice actually applies to another person because it's very like subjective and things like that. But it was, it actually like stuck with me. And I actually like was thinking about it for a very long time where you're, convenience factor often does outweigh the conviction and I feel like people don't do things or they don't stick with things because it's hard or it's inconvenient or it's just you know not as ideal as they want it to be um even if the end product is what they do want or even if the destination is where they actually want to be you know people don't like going through it like they don't like getting you know, going through the journey to get to the other side. Um, and honestly, like that, 
I was feeling I was feeling like that very recently um, until I kind of started thinking differently. But um, yeah, convenience is definitely something that I care about in terms of which 7-Eleven is closer to my house and should I wear a jacket or not or should I bring my umbrella or not or do I need to buy extra pens and things like that. When things are convenient like that, it doesn't bother me. But in terms of career and relationships and everything like that, it is a harder decision but a smarter decision to go with conviction every single time. So I have recently learned about this um, and I feel like I'm applying it to my life uh, pretty accurately. So um, I'm actually really happy that he said that because now that I heard it, now I'm just kind of thinking about it all the time. And um, I was never a person to not do something because it was hard. Like I always, I always seem to get what I want in the, in, in the, in the end. I am too determined and too stubborn to not do it. So um, it's very enlightening to kind of have that put into, to words like that. Um, But, and even my friend that was sitting next to me, he was like, you know what, that's, (laughs) that's pretty fucking good advice. (laughs) So, um, yes, I, um, challenge everybody to think about their conviction a little bit more than the convenience of their situation. Um, all right. My song of the day is Are You Mine by Arctic Monkeys. It is, um, a very kind of like hardcore, like not really hardcore, but it's like a little, you know, rock and, um, you know, really good guitar and everything like that. So I really love that song. Um, it is, uh, I love the Arctic Monkeys. They have a lot of bangers. So, um, Are You Mine is just kind of one of those bangers that I listen to a lot. Um, and I haven't really listened to it that often, but when you're like, driving down Lakeshore and it's like a beautiful day and you just kind of like roll the windows down and like whenever this song comes on I'm always like hell yeah and I just just put the volume up as high as I can take it and just drive my responsible 40 miles an hour down Lakeshore Drive anyway um I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode I really do like recording these um I have a very stressful work life right now so I like coming home and um taking half an hour to uh talk and I hope that um I can put out a lot more in the future because I will be going on deployment soon um and I want um you know my friends and family to listen to me um even when I'm gone so I will try to pre-record a lot of videos um, or a lot of, like, recordings, um, before I leave, that way I can queue them up and, um, distribute them, you know, while I'm on deployment, because I will be gone for too, way too long, but, um, yeah, so I hope you guys are looking forward to these. I am very glad that it is giving some of you guys a little bit of a, just, like, a cleansing, (laughs) like, refresher, um, And I hope that my voice isn't too terrible to listen to. But uh, yeah, that is all I have for today. Thank you for coming to Morgan's Room. And please stay tuned for more episodes.